talk about Girl Scout cookies. Normally they come out in February, right? Uh, I think so. January, February, something like that. Yeah, some, I think it's that. I'm not sure. I've not I've not bought Girl Scout cookies in a while. I love Girl Scout cookies. The Samoas, the Thin Mints, absolutely my favorites. Uh, Pete, is, Pete is so good about buying Girl Scout cookies. It's probably been two or three years since I've bought Girl Scout cookies. Uh, Pete's really great about buying them. We stick them in the freezer. But here's here's an interesting uh, turn of events with Girl Scouts. They last year they did they did something that I thought was cool. It was a great marketing plan. They had they they unveiled the Raspberry Rally cookies, right. which was basically the sister to the Thin Mint. So the Thin Mint hugely popular. The Raspberry Rally was obviously the raspberry version of the Thin Mint. So they rolled that out last year. And then it was also an online only uh, offering. You yeah. could only get it online, and they were trying to to push the the e commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they've already discontinued it, and it was super pop. Yeah, it was super popular, super popular last year. Uh, I mean, sold out very quickly. Mm-hmm. But they've already discontinued it, and they said a couple of reasons why. Number one, they're not immune to inflation either. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go back and just focus on the traditional fan favorites. Right. Mm-hmm. Do what you do and do it well. Uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, they've, so they're discontinuing it. And they've also kind of prepped us. I guess I don't even know what the cost of Girl Scout cookies are, what they are per box, but they're already letting us know that coming up this next season. They're going to be a dollar more, a dollar more. That. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, and you definitely want to support the Girl Scouts. Obviously their Girl Scout cookies are iconic and they've been around for a long time. Oh, but yeah. they said, we're just going to well, focus on, on the favorites. They are going to, there is going to so be an increase. Are they telling us this now? So, so we won't spend as much money at Christmas and we can be ready for February or <laughs> are they making them guess. available before Christmas? No, I don't, I don't think they're making, they're making no. them available yet. I they're think not this making them. A, a shot across the bow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they just said that they they are having rising production costs as well. Sure. Material costs. So they're having to watch their costs, but they are saying well, heads up. They're going right. to be, and you don't want to not support them. So it may be one of those things where you just don't buy as many boxes as you, as you typically do. Right. I um, mean, I, but I, I tell you, you talk about Pete, I, I could take a sleeve of thin mints and have oh, it gone in a matter of that, minutes. We've talked about this. <laughs> You look at the back of the box and it tells you how many quote unquote servings are yes. in Girl Scout cookies. No. Well, let's take the let's take the thin mints, for example. Right. There's two sleeves. That uh-huh. is two servings. It's yeah. a serving a sleeve. But for not me, according to the back of the box. I no. think it's like four cookies is one serving. Not for me. It's a full <laughs> sleeve. So anyway, we support the Girl Scouts. Um, some people are gonna be sad about the Raspberry Rally not being available this year. 
Uh, but yeah, save your pennies now because they're gonna they're they're being hit like the rest of us. Tom was just talking about the increase in price for yeah. the Girl Scout cookie, which mm-hmm. we've now heard about. Can I just tell you there are you know Girl Scout cookies? It's a fundraiser for the Girl Scouts, right? Mm-hmm. And then schools typically do different kinds of fundraisers. Some are newer, like the Otis Spunkmeyer cookies. Schools oh, use yum. those for fundraisers yeah. now. Right. What is it, world-class chocolates or something like that? World's I think. finest world's chocolate. Finest. That's that yeah, one's yeah. been around forever. forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can remember in band in high school, we sold, we sold cheeses. Um, it, was, it was an interesting new item for me. Okay. Uh, but there were some good cheeses in there. Uh, but the world's finest chocolate has been around forever. Either the chocolate-covered almonds or you get the, the chocolate bars. Mm-hmm. And... We recently had somebody in our office whose kids were doing the world's finest chocolate. It sat right up there at Luisa's with the envelope and yep. the temptation right there on the desk. I always feel bad because I never have cash. I always forget mm-hmm. cash. Yeah. If they had like a square that you could swipe your card or, or tap mm-hmm. your phone, I think I'd probably buy them. Well, I'll tell you, one day I actually had cash and I was walking past there and I thought, oh, I wonder what world's finest chocolate is. What do you have to pay for that nowadays? And it was mm-hmm. just a buck. And I oh, thought, well, wow. that's interesting because that's, yeah. I think it was always just, it was just a dollar. I'm, and I'm thinking, yeah. how can world's finest chocolate in today's economy still be selling these for a buck and it can still be used as a fundraiser that raises actual funds for whoever, then I bought one. <laughs> and I can now tell you, yeah, it's because the world's finest chocolate bar is much thinner than it used to be. Uh, okay. It's not as long as it used to be. Gotcha. So they kept the yeah. price at a dollar, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they shrunk the bar. Shrunk it, yeah. Yep. Well, it makes yep. sense. Yep. That's mm-hmm. one of the ways that uh, producers are responding to inflation. Sure. And I forget what the technical term is for, but it's a shrinkflation maybe. It's yep. it's where they the, 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 the portion size... You're, you're not paying any more money for it, but the portion mm-hmm. size right. that you're getting is going Less down. Less bang for your economic buck. Yeah. Still mm-hmm. nice to be able to buy a bar of chocolate for a buck, though. Yeah. And you want to support the kids. But, yeah, yep. that's definitely a way around it. Mm, still so heavy-hearted for what's happening in Israel right now. As a matter of fact, yesterday after the show... Dave and Bill and I, I got a Zoom link from my girlfriend, Alyssa, and I talked about it a little bit yesterday, later in the show, uh, so you may not have heard, but my girlfriend, Alyssa, Alyssa's Jewish, she works for Young Life, She's mm-hmm. she is a Messianic uh, Jew, absolutely believes in Jesus, and her sister, Vanessa, she and her husband, Michael, have a ministry in Israel. And the name of the ministry is FIRM, and that stands for Fellowship of Israel-Related Ministries. I actually ended up making a donation late Saturday night to their ministry. And here's one thing that's unique about their particular ministry as opposed to other organizations. A lot of the money that's going uh, to Israel to help, just in general, not talking about this conflict, um, goes to help, you know, Israeli and different organizations. But what I love that um, Michael and Vanessa are doing, they're bringing Messiah, they're bringing Jesus uh, to the Israeli people. And there's few ministries that do that in Israel. Mm. Uh, But yesterday after the show, we got a Zoom link uh, to join that ministry, that organization. They they were having a time of prayer, Mm -hmm. intercessory prayer, Mm -hmm. and Michael was given an update 
of everything that was going on. And it was absolutely, it was just, it was heartbreaking. Over a thousand terrorists Mm -hmm. made their way in to Southern Israel and then people that they know were being called up. That's what struck home is that so many um, of the reservists are people that they knew that are their neighbors. And this is an organization that has operated in Jerusalem and around mm-hmm. Israel for for years, mm-hmm. and you know they seek to to share the love of, of Christ with uh, with Jews and Arabs alike that are in Jerusalem, yes. yep. their neighbors. But many of their neighbors were caught up in this conflict in one way or another, and so th- these folks were praying from the heart, mm. <laughs> often with tears. Mm-hmm. Because this is very close to home to oh, yeah. them. We've talked about how far away it feels yeah. here. Not far away for them. Not no, at all. Right I mean, in the middle of it. Yeah. When we're sitting on Zoom yesterday, though, Dave, I mean, we're literally there having this Zoom, right. this time of prayer from bomb shelters. Right. Because as they were getting ready to open up the Zoom, yeah, uh, the alarms were going off. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we heard one of them right in the very beginning. So. Mm. Just stay in prayer. We'll put a link to their organization if you want to see more about it or follow along. So we'll, we'll post that at themorningcruise.com as well. We were talking about Firm a couple of minutes ago that we were on the Zoom call with them. And again, this is a, one of my dearest friends, Alyssa. This is her sister and her brother-in-law's ministry in Israel. They live there with their children. And they actually uh, DM'd me this morning. Uh, just thanking me for being on the call. And I was looking at their latest video. I was just on their page a couple of minutes ago, and they're literally headed down south, like right now, headed down south. There's uh, 80 soldiers who uh, need breakfast, Mm. and they're taking breakfast down there for a couple of days. There's like four of them in the car driving down towards the Gaza Strip right this minute. Well, we, we certainly need to be praying for those folks and for Everyone involved here. Now, there's an article in Newsweek, and to their credit, they published this article yesterday. I got it today, and I'll, I'll give it a hitch to post on our page. It's by Bassam Eid, who is a Palestinian human rights mm. activist. Mm. And he starts the article by comparing the Gaza Strip to Singapore. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he said, they could be like Singapore in the Gaza Strip. Both are self governing city states. They're at key crossroads of world trade. Both combine a dense population with um, dramatic natural advantages, including a harbor. But he says Singapore has been built into the trade hub of East Asia. Gaza, as Saturday's events have demonstrated to the world, has chosen another path, becoming a terrorist dystopia, like the lands formerly under ISIS. Mm. And he, frankly as a Palestinian, says this, Hmm. that Hamas is a Taliban like many emirate. In their Hmm. charter is violence, including, quote, Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it. Hmm. He says, and I think this is exactly right, and I think we need some moral clarity as we think about this, that there is no moral equivalency between a nation that targets murderous terrorists, which is what Israel's doing right now, mm-hmm. and a terror group that targets civilians. This Palestinian writer points out that mm-hmm. Israel goes to a great deal of trouble 
to avoid causing civilian casualties or harming the mosques, schools, and medical facilities where Hamas actually hides military targets. Yeah. And he says, callow media personalities may start to forget the horrors of this weekend and return to simplistic tropes about the, quote, cycle of violence. And he says, for the sake of both is the Israeli victims and the Palestinian people, I urge you, dear reader, not to forget the faces of the fallen and the kidnapped. Mm-hmm. That's passionate. It's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we want to urge our listeners to continue to pray. Pray for, yeah. you know, the Palestinians are victims as much as others in this particular situation of essentially a terrorist government mm-hmm. that is evil in its in its core. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have to pl- pray with some moral clarity uh, during these days uh, because this is a terrible, terrible situation. And the more that comes out about it and the more we yeah. see the faces of the hostages and hear yeah. the pleas of those who are discovering uh, people from, I think it's, you know, 13 or 14 different countries have either had people killed or mm-hmm. taken hostage. So this is a global crisis and one that we need to be on our knees for daily. Yesterday, I did something I don't normally do. Hmm. I talked about something healthy when we talked <laughs> yes, about you did. Yes, fruit you did. infused Both water. Like eyeballs wide. What? Well, it's one thing for him to talk about fruit infused water, but then when he started listing health benefits, I, know. I have never in my life ever had a conversation with Dave where he listed health benefits of anything except That's, coffee. Yeah. Well, and then you mentioned coffee. <laughs> saying you were surprised I was talking about fruit-infused water and not some kind of health benefits of coffee. Right. And I said, well, I do have a coffee story, but we never got back to it. So here's my coffee story. (laughs) This one is not health benefits, but it is a little bit surprising. They are adding coffee grounds to concrete, and it's making the concrete stronger, (laughs) which just goes to show you You that coffee is a wonder beverage. (laughs) Every year, the world's coffee drinkers throw out about 60 million tons of coffee grounds. Right. What do you do yeah. with used coffee I'm, grounds? I'm one of them. I do, too. Know? And they end up in the, the landfill and all that good stuff. Well, some guys down under in Australia at uh, RMIT uh, University have discovered a new use for the used coffee grounds. They initially tried just mixing untreated coffee grounds with concrete and replacing some of the sand that they would normally use in the mix. That didn't work so well. The coffee waste didn't really help. The grounds kind of leached out some compounds. The concrete didn't cure correctly, but they didn't give up. Mm-hmm. No, they tried using uh, pyrolysis, which is a process where they heat up the coffee grounds without oxygen, which breaks them down without burning them. It's kind of like the process used to make charcoal. Okay. And then they. So it, 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 it packs it together rather than. Turning it into It ash. doesn't completely burn it, yeah, because there's no oxygen involved. Right. So the heat affects the compounds, but they don't burn in okay. effect. Uh, in, in fact, instead of charcoal, they call it biochar, mm. which is uh, this compound. They then mix the biochar with the concrete, and they said it actually makes concrete 30% stronger. Woo! That's incredible. 30%. I would, have not have, I would not have thought that. I mean, yeah. just because the grounds are just... I don't know. They're grounds. They're like, just coffee grounds. Yeah. Yeah. 
They said what it does is it, as the concrete starts to set and harden, this biochar kind of releases the water that it's got stored in it, which kind of then rehydrates some of the concrete. So basically it's like it's slowly as it dries and hardens, it's then sort of re-wetting it a little bit and letting it dry again. It prevents micro-cracking and shrinkage in the concrete as it cures. Huh. And that makes it improve in its strength. All my days, I never would have guessed we'd be talking about concrete made with coffee cups. I know. Apparently, they will actually, they've been talking to transportation infrastructure authorities. They've been meeting with large companies. First commercial projects could start rolling out within months using Coffee-infused concrete. That's cool. Do they have it in caffeinated and decaffeinated? <laughs> I'm sure it's caffeinated because it's making everything <laughs> yeah. stronger. Right. Or, I mean, are we going to be walking down sidewalks smelling coffee? I know. <laughs> in a perfect world, yes. Would that improve the smell of large cities or what? Speaking of coffee, Dave. Yes. You can probably relate with this more so than Bill because Bill's coffee and, and tea drinker, but... My system is changing. My body is changing, and I'm kind of very sad about it. I've actually been grieving it a little bit. (laughs) And maybe there are smarter people than me that can tell me what's going on, but I think I'm becoming caffeine sensitive. I really, I don't know if it's just a hormone thing. I don't know if it's, I have no idea what it is, but I, first of all, I could, I was one of those people that I could drink coffee. I mean, I could do four cups in the morning like mm-hmm. no big deal been doing morning shows for years can sit and drink three or four cups of coffee no no big deal at all then in the afternoon i'd have a cold brew i mean right. cold brew throw me some some of my heavy cream that i like in in the afternoon and i was good to go in the last oh i'd, I'd have to think about it it's probably been in the last couple maybe more than a couple months i have my two cups of coffee and when I go to have a third, I'm it. I'm jittery. I don't like how I feel after that third cup of coffee. Just yeah. it's 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 just too much for me. Now along with that, so I've really been stopping it too. But my my want to my want more <laughs> my, my want more knob or whatever you want to say. My internal want more is like oh but I really want that cup of coffee just because it's hot and it's good and it's warm and I just, I need to go to water. So then in the afternoons, I could, I could put down a grande cold brew, no time flat. I mean, I'd sip on it for a little while, but I'm just saying I, you know, I'd drink the whole thing. And I kid you not, I have a half of one sitting in my refrigerator right now that I bought yesterday. I could only drink half of it and I could feel it. I could feel that caffeine. And then there was another half of one that I had from last week that I ended up just tossing because it got old, and I just I drank half of it, tossed the rest. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I don't know. What is wrong? I I'm can't. Just, I'm, I'm thankful that I have not particularly hit this particular uh, stage of life or whatever it is. It's, perhaps it's uh, it's effect. I, I started to say maybe it's. Something that affects women that doesn't affect yeah, men, I if you know what, what I'm saying. Perimenopause, perimenopause. Perhaps going through the change is affecting you. But I can still have a, a little coffee with dessert occasionally or oh, a little evening cup of coffee I, and then sleep I like a to, baby. I know, and we've talked about this. I had to give that up years ago. Like yeah. I have to have my iced coffee or if it's colder and I have like hot coffee in the afternoon, 
I really have to be done with it no later than two thirty three. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, two is ideal if 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 or it will affect my sleep at night. But sister, I don't know let's if there's start anybody... to talk about the benefits of tea. Uh-uh. I can I can tea help. Tea is you. also caffeinated. Uh-uh. It is caffeinated. Ca- less uh-uh. caffeine. So no. uh, the Mm-mm. the yeah, and green tea is actually less caffeine than black tea. I mean, black tea is less had... caffeine than coffee. I had a I had a moment there with my matcha and I might I don't know I might pray about it again but <laughs> anyway I just I'm so sad yeah, I, yeah. so I'm down to two cups in the morning yeah I'm down to two cups I'm down to two cups in the morning that's probably what most people drink and like a half a cold brew in the afternoon maybe and then there's some days that it's like no I just I can't, I don't it's gonna make me feel bad and I don't want it and I just need to drink mm. some more water so. And as sad as that makes me for you, mm-hmm. promise me one thing. What? You will not start drinking decaf. I was going to suggest oh. you start drinking decaf. No, 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 <laughs> no. We'll no. see. Four of my five kids are pretty committed to regular exercise, and I'm glad about that. Now the fifth <laughs> was the one who, uh, in Little League, his favorite position was bench. <laughs> And his favorite uh, comment was, I'm an air-conditioned kid. So <laughs> I might have a little uh, uphill battle with that. But going uphill can help you if you're uh, looking for help as far as mental health is concerned. Yes, mental health. Now, there have been various studies, and a new one just came out, a four-month study with 140 depression patients who had an option to either participate in regular group running, which meant two or three 45-minute runs each week, or take an SSRI medication, which is the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor like Lexapro, and there are others. So they had a choice of taking the, the meds or running. Wow. And actually, the ones who did not take the meds but chose instead to run three times a week fared slightly better than the ones who took the meds? Running for forty-five minutes, three times a week. I know it would cause you depression. Dave. <laughs> I'm leaning. I'm leaning towards the drugs at this point. It's just. Well, I never thought I would say that. A couple of things about this about this new study. Uh, there was an added reward for those who chose the exercise, which was physical health, lost weight, mm-hmm. improved fitness, reduced heart rate, and blood pressure. The medication group didn't see any of those results, but there was. A downside, and this is where it gets all of us. Hmm. The likelihood that a running patient would stick with the full exercise program Hmm. was quite a bit lower than those who chose the drug. 52 to 58% of runners maintained their routine throughout the study period. 82 to 85% stuck to the the pill. Yeah. It's just a whole lot easier to take a pill than to go out and run. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, from the first step, my... My only thought would be, when can I stop? <laughs> well, I, let's we'll get to that in one second, because there, because I was there. Uh, that was me till we started till I till it wasn't anymore. Yeah. Um, but there was an assistant professor cited in the study from the School of Kinesiology at University of Montreal, who said, in physical activity in Canada is actually included in the the official recommendations to manage depressive disorders. And what he said was. It's not just running. It's really physical activity in general. Dave, you've, you've been a cyclist. 
for most of your adult life or yeah, much if of I it. can trade the running for something else right. then I'll do that and yeah. and some people will and that's that's the the really good thing is it's not just running running's easy because you don't need any equipment except shoes and you can go outside or you can do it on a treadmill or wherever but the mental game is the hardest part of this as that shows and this is what I'm feeling lately because this has not been a good year for me for running and I've got to fight and win this mental game for me it's the it's having other priorities that are stacked up on me. Yeah. And I simply feel like it's too much to I feel like I'm cheating my my more important activities to mm -hmm. go out and take a run. But the benefits mm -hmm. of running and physical activity suggest that it will benefit many areas of life and so it should be prioritized. Um, but the mental game is the hardest part. So it when is. I when I get out to do a run, I have to do a mm -hmm. couple things. I have to remember, mm -hmm. and Jeff Galloway, it, with the app I bought years ago, is in my head saying, think about how good you'll feel, feel at the mm -hmm. end. Um, mm -hmm. Tell yourself now on the track, your muscles are getting stronger, which they are. It's true. This is so worth it. Yes, it will be. And make sure you have some sort of a good playlist in mm -hmm. your head because that makes a lot of difference as well for motivating mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. I think, well... We could talk exercise and fitness quite a bit, but let's go to a couple songs and come back because, well, even what we just said with Dave, I mean, Dave loves to cycle. And I think the key in all of this is to find something that you do love and something that you can stick with. But I also recognize the hurdles in the mental game as well. So let's come back and talk. Bill, you were talking a couple of minutes ago about, you know, exercising versus, I guess there was a study or something where they were willing to take, you know, medication. Antidepressant med medication, yeah. To get yeah. The serotonin as opposed to exercise. And the exercise um, group actually had yeah. a reduction more in depression and yeah. more benefits with mental health than the yeah. folks that were taking the antidepressants did. Yes. Yeah. And we're not, you know, that's between you and your doctor and absolutely you know, that not downing that is yeah. at all. Um, but back to exercise and just when you're in a slump and, you know, my husband, Pete, he has just grown up exercising. He's always been an exerciser. I mean, since I've known him, since we've been married and I'm envious of people like him, I've got several people in my life where exercise is just non-negotiable, non-negotiable for them. They're just, they, that is just part of who they are. Me, I will talk myself out of it so, <laughs> so fast. I'm not as bad as I used to be. I'm not mm -hmm. as bad as I used to be. Uh, probably when I turned, I don't know, 40, it's like, okay, I really, I do do some sort of exercise all the time. A couple things for me, if you're in my boat where you want to exercise, uh, but it you just let things get in the way or what have you, or you let yourself get in the way. A couple things. Number one, Find something that you like. I think for me, I tried to do things that I just really didn't care about. It was a it was a popular thing. A lot of people liked it, but I just didn't care for it. And that has really made it. I love to walk. I am a walker. Mm -hmm. And I really do love to lift weights. And I'm not talking about heavy weights. I love to lift weights once I get in there. I don't love going in to start, but yeah. it's kind of like the running. Once I start, yes. I love it and I feel great afterwards. So number one, find something that you love. And Dave, you've always loved cycling. So that's perfect for yeah. you. Uh, the second thing is, is if you're in a slump and you can't get back on the horse, Tell yourself, I'll because th this is how, because I, I was so great, so disciplined from January to May. 
doing my weights three times a week. I yep. do a upper body, lower body, then a full body. And I did three times a week. Then end of May happened. We had vacation. Then something happened in June. Then July, we were off for two weeks and da, 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 da. I just didn't stick with it. And it's been a mental game to get back into to doing my workouts that I love. And they're only 30 minutes. Right. I mean, I have no excuse. They're done by the time, you know, I start. But here's how I got back into it. I told myself, 15 minutes. You got to do 15 minutes. Just do 15 minutes. Now, once you start that 15 minutes, mm-hmm. the likelihood of you finishing the whole workout is is pretty high. And there was one day early on where I probably had, I was trying to like squat more. I I'd probably needed to go down in weight, but I was trying to do the same weight that I'd gotten up to in May. And so I did start feeling a little queasy. So I dialed it back a little bit. Right. Um, and I probably only did 20 minutes that day. Um, but it is, it's such a mental game. And what you said earlier about playlist, that is so, that is perfect. Yes. You know, find you some running shoes that you like, or just some kind of, you know, I, I, for me, (laughs) this sounds terrible, but I like my, I'm comfortable in my little workout clothes, you know, I'm Uh comfortable in my, you know, my biker shorts and my. And I wear the same thing over and over and over, but I don't know. There's just something about putting on workout clothes that feels good. Yes. Um, so you can always you can always do that. But I really think that the two keys are find something that you love that you'll stick with mm-hmm. and only do it for fifteen minutes yeah. until you can it can build it back up. And I love walking too, and we're getting back into the walking season. Oh, I know. With the cooler weather, it's definitely yeah. time to re up the exercise routine if you've let it fall mm-hmm. away during the summer. Mm-hmm. About an hour ago, Carmen was telling us she's becoming a little caffeine sensitive. It's a terrible <laughs> thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I say that with a touch of sadness. Mm-hmm. So then we, sad. we we talked about coffee for a little bit, but I. I I, mm-hmm. I I want to circle back to coffee again, but mm-hmm. for a, a different reason. I want to ask you a question first. How long do you think the pumpkin spice latte has been around? Probably longer than we would think. So because it does, it feels like it's been PSL everything. So I would say at least... 10 years. I know we've been talking about it, but I have a feeling you're going to say, oh, it's really been 20. So that's my guess. I would use the same logic. I, yeah. I would agree with Carmen. All right. So it feels like it's been 10, but you think that it's probably been 20? At least 20. Exactly 20. Huh? <laughs> Starbucks <laughs> is celebrating the 20th anniversary of the pumpkin spice latte, which oh. first debuted on stores on this date, October 10th, 2000. Three, uh-huh. and wow. in 20 years has become a cultural phenomenon. Wow. It doesn't feel like it's been 20 years. Mm-mm, not at all. But it was a little bit of a slow burn, I guess, that really just kind of zoomed into the point where after a few years, everybody got on the bus and everybody yeah. started doing pumpkin everything. And I that's think, when I we think, really started kind of wearing out yeah. on it. But I also think that it also is a social social media phenomenon where as Instagram got more popular mm. and blah, 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 and everyone can post the pictures and then they have to be the cutesy pictures and then the cutesy, you know, yeah, captions and blah, 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 blah. That's when it probably really zoomed. Probably so. It's taken 20 years, but Merriam-Webster officially added pumpkin spice to the dictionary last year. So that, that'll tell you. 19 mm-hmm. years as a cultural phenomenon you can get in the dictionary. <laughs> um, to celebrate... 
if you really want to, although many of us have started to feel the PSL burn. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. They are offering limited edition Team PSL Varsity jackets that you can get online. (laughs) Of course they are. I mean, you got to be seriously (laughs) into pumpkin spice lattes to get a varsity jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Wh- how did you do in high school? Well, I lettered in PSLs. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick for vote. three years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pumpkin spice latte fans in the room. Uh, hands up if you're a fan. Oh, for three. Never, never really have been. <laughs> oh, I, three. I love pumpkin stuff. I love pumpkin pie, pumpkin Same. ice cream. Yes. Pumpkin, 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 pumpkin rolls. Lo- the pumpkin loaf. Yeah. Yes. Those kind of things. Muffins. Yes. Yeah. Pumpkin spice latte never really been on my list, but a lot of people do like it, and people who get themselves a PSL today, can mm-hmm. also get some temporary PSL tattoos. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Just, just today? It just says today. Okay. So, uh, do you want to go get yourself some PSL tattoos? Probably not. No? Probably probably pass on that, thanks. Yeah. But the pumpkin loaf does sound really good. Pumpkin loaf yes. sounds really good right about now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll get me a pumpkin loaf varsity jacket. That'd be the thing. When you brought Instagram up during our, our PSL discussion, yeah, as a part of the reason why perhaps PSL became a cultural phenomenon, it made me then ask myself the question, so how old is Instagram? Would you like to know? Oh, my goodness. Okay, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Twitter was first. Yeah, Twitter was first because I remember Bart Millard was the one that got on. Right. And I think I we I might have been we might have been at GMA week when I I don't remember where it was, but that would have been 2008, 7, 8, right around that. Uh-huh. And then Instagram was shortly thereafter. So I'm going to say 2000 between 2000, 2008 and 2010. Twitter July of 2006. Okay. Uh, then that was I was answering for Instagram. Instagram I know. I just, okay. But you mentioned yeah. Twitter, so I just thought I'd yeah. bring it up. Which is about right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Instagram launched October the 6th, 2010. 2010, ah! okay. Racked okay. up there we go. 25 users in its first day. 25. 25,000 oh, okay. users <laughs> in its first wow. day. <laughs> yeah. So huh. that's not too bad. That's no. a pretty decent start. October 6th. So it was just a few days ago that they passed 13 years. Can This is going to sound silly again, but can I tell you what I'm so thankful for? That, and it was this way with Twitter too until I got kicked off, which I still have no idea. I think my or my Twitter account probably got hacked or whatever, but I, I broke the rules. There's nobody you can talk to. Anyway, Twitter right. at the time, Instagram now. I'm so thankful though that I was an early adopter because if you if you try to put in usernames like Carmen Brown on most things, they're taken. You have to do Carmen Brown and your birth date or right. Carmen Brown and or a middle initial or what have you. And on Twitter, I legit had Carmen Brown, just my name. And then Instagram is the same. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you have a different name, it's like not a big deal. But that tells you how early on. Yeah. I got on right. both of those platforms that I actually have that. Right. Yep. I, um, I know Threads, of course, one of the newest social media yeah. platforms. Yeah. I'm wondering if it'll survive. I mean, it's you kind of got grandfathered in from Instagram to Threads. Sure. I yeah. set up my profile and did a couple of posts, yeah. and yeah. I just haven't gotten back to it. I mean, and I was yeah. very selective, though, about who I followed. And so I enjoy every now and then looking at Threads because I'm not going to get a bunch of stuff that I didn't 
intent to Ask get. Four. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I don't know that it's gonna. I, I don't know, know that it's gonna be around. Yeah, I grabbed it quick. <laughs> I've got my name in all the socials: Facebook, sure. Instagram, Twitter, Threads. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, X and Threads. Yeah. Yeah. Because we adopted all pretty early mm-hmm. on. But mm-hmm. honestly, I don't. I haven't checked. Like X and Threads mm-hmm. may as well not exist for me. Yeah. Same. X, it's hard to get away from because if you read news stories from almost any source, whether it's a network, Uh uh, a large paper or whatever, they they post and quote people on X. Right. X Mm -hmm. is still the the place where a lot of breaking news. Which is why I left it when it was still Twitter. I was not interested in a news site. It was social media for me. I was, but it was all the political opinions that I had to get away from. Yep. But when they quote the X, because I see that, when they quote the X, they usually put the quote in there so you don't have to go look at it on X. It's usually within the story. Yes, that's right. That's so, right. Um, but I'm just, at this point, it's principle for me. I'm not going to go start <laughs> another account. I had Carmen Brown. I don't know why they kicked me off. I've tried to, like, reach out and communicate. Right. Dear and Elon, they, if you want me back, give me my yeah. name. She's in that's the right. phantom zone. <laughs> yep, that's Can't totally get yep. out. It's the morning cruise. Dave Bell and Carmen here at the Joy FM with Jules stepping in from the newsroom this morning. He said, with Jules stepping in from the newsroom this morning. Are you having a little trouble hearing, Jules? No, I got you. I heard you were having a little issue with hearing. What is this about? Um, I have. I've been telling you guys that I really am concerned that my hearing is going because I I can't hear my family. I mean, they'll talk to me and I'm always like, what did you say? Like, speak up and all this so this has been a bit of a battle. They accuse me of losing my hearing. I accuse everybody of mumbling to the point that I was like, Bill, I, I, I need to go to the doctor. Like, Ooh, I need to get this tested. Okay. All right. Well, so, I've had that mm-hmm. happen, too, in, in, my, in, in my life. And a lot of it, I think, is job hazard when you spend a lot of time with, with headphones, headphones and music up way too loud. Right. That yeah, could have something yeah, to do with it, Jules. Was, that was exactly what I was thinking. I was like, maybe my headphones and I've been playing the music. Maybe maybe this is it. So I go to the doctor and he puts me on this like machine and he um, puts these headphones on and he says, okay, Jules, when you hear the tone, just raise your hand. And I was like, okay, great. I got it. Well, a few seconds, it felt like minutes went by and I haven't heard anything. And I could see on his face that he was getting more and more concerned to the point he stops everything and he goes, are you telling me you can't hear any of this? And I was like, I'm not, I'm not hearing anything. And I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to go home and apologize to my family. This is gonna be the worst. Um, forget that then, she's forget <laughs> that she's losing her hearing. Yeah. The bigger uh-huh. issue is that she's got to go home and apologize to her family. Y'all know that's humbling. It's humbling, guys. It's the worst. <laughs> so, so he says, hold on a second. He stops everything. He readjusts. Guys, the machine was broken. That was the problem. It wasn't me at all. And so he readjusted some wires, and fortunately, I was able to hear all the tones. But for like a hot minute, yes, Carmen, I thought I had to go back to my family and apologize. (laughs) And I also thought my hearing was going bad. So hearing Mm. is still good, guys. My family needs to enunciate. So your hearing was good, though? Like it was fine? Mm-hmm. It's my family that's wrong. Not me. Well, <laughs> see, my wife has this same issue, but we're all boys. Your family's all girls. We think it's a frequency issue with Emily that, you know, we all have the lower voice. Mm-hmm. And she accuses my sons, especially Daniel, mm-hmm. of mumbling all the time. Mm. Uh, 
And I think she just, it's a low rumble mm-hmm. is the problem. And if we're being honest, yeah. I mean, if you're an audiologist and you're listening right now, mm-hmm. you're not yelling at the radio because you don't want to yell, but you're speaking to the radio and yeah. saying, guys, this, there's some serious, it, like, like, Hearing, do, yeah. hearing hygiene these days is a is really a big issue yes, it is. Uh-huh. in the era of AirPods and things yes, like that. We all yeah. should at least think about it and try right. not to lose our hearing. Mm-hmm. Hearing hygiene, would that be cleaning your ears out? That could be. That's well, what I thought. <laughs> hearing hygiene. I've been always. told I need to do that too from Kimberly usually. <laughs> um, I would like to say my ears are clean, okay? Here's the other thing we need to look at. I think we talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. You were... You've got one that's starting to drive, and uh, I I could not do this, okay? Emily had to be the one to drive around with my kids <laughs> so that they would actually live long enough to get their license. <laughs> but as I recall, you're actually doing this? You're the oh, one? I'm trying, David. It's so hard. Why did you not tell me this? It is so hard to just... Because he didn't do let it. Your ba- <laughs> yeah. yeah, let your baby get behind a wheel. I mean, I'm. it is terrifying, um, but I have been banished to the back of the car. Susie only will let her dad and my mom, her Nana, ride with her and teach her how to drive. I have to go in the back of the car, and what I have learned to do is just tune out. I get on social media. I read the news. I do whatever to block it out mm-hmm. because she says me gasping, <laughs> grabbing the handbar, right. and audibly praying while we drive down the road was very stressful. There, she was like, I cannot. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is not really fair because Susie knows this version of my mom. She does not know the version that I had when I was learning how to drive because she's like, Nana is so chill. Nana does this. She does. And I'm like, Mm-mm. no, honey, that was not the Nana I had. Yeah. I have a different. Yeah. Nana did the same exact thing. Totally stressed me out. I was frazzled every time I got out of the car. And that's just, you know, the that's rite so of passage. Fun. My problem is I kept wanting to push on that invisible brake yes, on my side yes. of the car. Yeah. Like through the floorboard, <laughs> yes. You know, and you just you're going slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Truly, and I'm like, when I say break, I want you to break immediately. Like, yeah. don't hesitate and wonder why I'm saying this. You just trust me. Just yeah, trust. my mother was one of those invisible breakers from the passenger seat too, and I didn't realize that in some driver's ed cars. At least they used to do oh, this. They, yeah, they in had my a high break. school, they actually yeah. had a break on that on side that of side. the car. Oh yeah, that's smart. Awesome. Yeah. I always just that's thought smart. it was invisible. I'm just I'm cracking up about the audible gasp. We're gonna put a pin in this and we'll come back to it later. But if there's one thing that my girls literally rag me about, I mean they are savage when it comes is my gasping. You've you've heard about this, Jules. Like, they literally send me videos when it's acceptable to gasp. Oh. What an acceptable gasp is. Um, Talk Carmen, about I'm on your side. I'm yeah. on your side because I have ridden with both of your daughters, and I, I gasp as well. Well, I will say this. For, with Carmen, though, it's not just with driving. No, it's, it's, it's everyday moments of life. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there, there are so many times when we go, oh, my gosh. What's wrong? And we could be in the middle of a conversation, but she just saw a headline. <laughs> I didn't even realize I was a gasper, but man, oh, they she's have a gasper. so pointed it out to me. So I'm happy to know I have a fellow gasper, right. and I have to say, praying out loud. Gasper audibly. the friendly host over here. <laughs> but praying out loud in the back seat audibly is pretty doggone funny. <laughs> you keep praying, girl. You might need it. 
All right, Jules, one more quick. We love bringing Jules in. She's got funny stories, which she's a walking comedy routine. Um, but you tried to squeeze in one more pool day the other day? One last one. You know, I, I, I can feel that the warm days are leaving. And Stop I'm like, oh, talking this... right now. <laughs> I know. Stop. I'm sorry. Jules, there is a audience. temperature difference between Athens, Georgia, where you live, and, and the Tampa Bay area where yeah. we are right, right. now. So. You're in yeah, the, I'm sorry. almost that was the northernmost part of our listing area. Yes. Right. Just Super insensitive mind. of yeah. me, guys. Yeah. I, I apologize. Um, but it, that's the truth. You know, there's a part of us um, in this region that's like, oh, summer's slipping away. One last swim. So I loaded the kids up, um, sunblocked them before so that we could go dra- straight into the pool, not let it, like, percolate, whatever you have to do to let it marinate on you. And, um, and I invited my friend and her daughter. We show up to the neighborhood pool only to find out that it was not open. And at this point, all the kids are excited, and I had promised them this, right. like, pool day. They smell like so coconut. I, like, oh. I mean, we already smell like coconut, you know, and hard it is to put sunblock on kids. So I was like, okay, well, let's think about this. There is a river right outside my neighborhood. <laughs> let's get in the river. We'll do it like our ancestors did. It will be fun. And so um, we show up to the river part where I think they can swim, and they're like, this looks really snaky, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's southern code for, like, kind of, yeah, you know, there could be snakes. There yes. could right. be things like know. you know. I grew snaky. up. I grew up swimming in rivers. I know what they're talking about. Yeah, so it's snaky. So I was like, they were terrified to get in the water, and I said, like, guys, listen. I was like, snakes are more scared of us than we are of them. Mm-mm. They swim on top of the water. Mm-mm. We would see them coming. It is fine. Mm-mm. So they were like, Mm-mm. they're like, okay, fine, fine. We'll get in. We'll get in. So then my friend Carrie, she and I go, and we were just putting our feet in and just talking and watching the kids play. And uh, we're sitting on this rock. Every information I know about snakes, I found, are completely wrong. Mm -hmm. I had my feet in the water. Guys, there was a snake that swam up under the water, Mm -hmm. not on top of the surface, Mm -hmm. touched my foot. I yell and start screaming. And then, um, and then I start just naming people's names in my head. I was so terrified. I tried to get the kids out of the water. I mean, I was calling for the dogs, the cats, like any name that could pop up in my head to tell the children to get out of the water, knowing then that they were like, what, what happened? I was like, just, just get out. Because if I told them what I saw, yeah. they, they would panic just as much as I was panicking. Yeah. And so I was then trying to grab the children, carry them over the water to get to the safety. But I... I, I didn't know that, like, my entire life, my facts were wrong about They're snakes. Totally wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. even if they were right, you still don't get in. No. I'm telling you. Well, <laughs> I, we, I swam in a lot of rivers when I was a kid. and But I can tell you I have seen snakes chasing fish under the water. Mm. Yeah. Turns out crazy. you're right. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. All right. Well, I'm glad you're safe. I'm glad you didn't end Thank up you. in the ER, you know, getting anti-venom <laughs> yeah, or whatever yeah. you call it. I mean, so. I felt my soul lose, uh, leave my body. Yeah. That's how scared <laughs> I was. We were just talking to Jules and the uh, snake in the river conversation. It just reminded me, I think I've told this story before, but, you know, just this past weekend, I was taking that swamp tour with a bunch of people, and I told you it reminded me of fishing trips with my dad. Oh, yeah. Uh, you the, had different kind of fishing trips in the swamps. Oh, the, yeah. We went back into the spillways and the sloughs in a little 14-foot aluminum boat with aluminum bench seats and a an outboard motor and a trolling motor. Yeah. Uh, before we got the trolling motor, my mom and my sister's one and only fishing trip with us ended with a snake encounter. <laughs> and it yes. was the end of the day. 
I learned so much about my dad this particular yeah. day. He was at the front of the boat. <laughs> I was at the back of the boat. My sister and my mom were in the middle of the boat. It's mm-hmm. so funny because you've told this story before. I, re- I, I remember that there's a story like this, but I forget the details, so I'm very eager to hear. All right, so here's the, the setting. It's been all day because we were all day fisher people. Like I said, we got up at 4 in the morning. We were on the water at dawn. We were fishing until almost dark mm-hmm. when we went fishing. Pack a lunch. It's an all-day affair. Mm-hmm. And we floated in the sloughs just along the bank. My dad would drop an anchor, but just enough to keep us from floating too fast with the current mm-hmm. so that you could fish the bank and you could fish in those cypress knees. And this day had been hot. We had caught zip. Oh, and it was one of those, I can't believe we've been out here all day and not caught anything days for the fisher people. Which probably meant your mom and your sister were done. They were hot and sunburned and miserable. And my mom's got the paper towel and she's wiping the sweat off her neck. You know, she's just miserable and she's ready to go. And she's telling my dad Mm -hmm. that she's just ready to go. And he's like, one more cast, just (laughs) one more cast, which was typical. Mm -hmm. Well, we were the boats rubbing up against a tree stump, just an old dead tree stump, and my mom's just irritated. It's going, you know, it's making that sound that aluminum on old dead wood makes, where it's just mm-hmm. kind of, and she's trying to push against the thing to get us off of this old dead tree stump that's sticking up. Mm-hmm. And the reason we're in all these tree stumps is because my dad's still hunting for a fish. Yeah, and that's where they hang out, right? And I look up and sitting on top of that tree stump. Mm is a water moccasin that's Mm. been sunning itself. And I said, Mom, (laughs) there's a snake on that stump. And she looks up, and it's eye to eye with her. And it's starting to rear up. It's getting irritated. And she went from one side of the boat to the other. (laughs) I've never seen her move so fast in my life. Mm. It is a miracle she did not tump the boat over. Yeah, seriously. And she started screaming to my dad to get Mm. us out of there. Mm. And he looked back, and she was safe, and we were safe. And uh-huh. the snake was still on the stump. Uh-huh. And he said, one more cast. Oh, my word. <laughs> Threw it out, reeled it in, oh. nothing on the bait, and took the, the one paddle that yeah. we had and just paddled back mm-hmm. to where that stump was till he was even with the snake. And he cracked the snake across the back with that paddle, and it slid off into the water. Yeah. And he took us back to the to the mm. ramp, and we, wow. we all went home. But <laughs> that was the last time. My mom fishing. and my sister yeah. went fishing with us. Mm-hmm. Perdurable is the big word of the day today. Dave, you're the one that gave this to us when you were talking about the coffee grounds that they're putting in concrete mixes in Australia that actually make it last longer and they make 30% it stronger. stronger That's yeah. amazing. Perdurable is an adjective. It literally means... By means of hardness, that is, something that has solidity and is lasting. The definition is that which is permanent, durable, or in theology, something perdurable is eternal or everlasting. So watch this. Coffee grounds may make concrete stronger, but faith, hope, and love are perdurable. That's the big word of the day today, perdurable. This is-